Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. My name is Monish and I'm from Brisbane on the east coast of Australia. Uh, and my wife, Michelle, and I have owned a design and construct residential uh, general contracting remodeling business for the last four and a half years. And we've got a 18-month-old son named Max Cartier. That's awesome. How long yep. do you think it took you to kind of tear that wireframe down and, and build that one that you can relate to now? Well, I I guess my my journey with the whole self-awareness and self-reflection would have started around 2015 is when I started okay. journaling. So I heard on the Tim Ferriss podcast about how he journals and, and things like that. And I was like, yeah, I'll try this out. Because the other, the other downside I had was I, I was very cagey with my emotions. So my, my wife, like we've been together for 13 years now, I think. And, you know, she like for, for, for more than half of that time together, I didn't tell her how I felt about anything. I was just kind of like, yeah, I just had, you know, it's just work. Like I didn't, I didn't reveal to her on how much stress I was actually under mm-hmm. when I was, when I was doing certain things. And so I started journaling because there was at the time anyway, it was a very, I guess it's a male thing, right? Like I didn't share that with anyone not with my mates or nothing. I was just like, this is my problem and I've got to fix it and I'm just going to mm-hmm. do it on my own. I'm not going to look for support or, or make my problem someone else. When when me and my wife met, I was like, travel's a waste of money. Like you can't, you know, mm-hmm. if I, I, if I'm traveling, I'm not working, I'm not earning any money. That was, that was how mm-hmm. bad and toxic my mindset was then. Yeah. And she basically like, you know, coaxed me into traveling over time and then I just loved it. And, and now... Like I said, like with, with my, all my goals were like based on my career, right? Like other mm-hmm. than, other than the end goal of being a great dad, which is kind of like a slow burn. Like you're not going to, yeah. no one's going to give you a medal overnight and stuff like that, right? It's just something that you find out. It's intangible, but you find it over time. So all my, because my personal stuff's ticked off, I'm now looking out for, all right, how do we fulfill Michelle's goals? How do we fulfill Max's goals? Like what do I need to mm-hmm. do to, to tick off their bucket list or whatever. Um, and Michelle loves to travel. And so every time we go away, it's just, all right, where do you want to go? And literally, like, we, we, when we did that five-month trip traveling through Europe, I didn't know where we were going the next day. It was, to me, every day was a surprise and it was awesome. Whereas Michelle yeah. is very meticulously planned every single day. She's got a spreadsheet going and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, part of it probably is like – because, because the way I am, I guess it kind of works in well with Michelle, and that's you know mm-hmm. it's really awesome that we met, and and she's been like great with me. Like there's, it was pretty funny. Like in the early years, instead of me just opening up, I would just try and break up with it. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd be like, you know, I'm probably not, I'm probably not good for you in the long term. Like you probably just need to go and find someone else. Like that was how bad I was, you know. And like now looking back, you think about that and go. Man, like, how did I not realize that there's, I should go see someone? 
how do I no. not realize that there's something seriously wrong with um, but you know we our strength is communication like we we communicate quite well um, part of it was like I said Michelle used to work in the states so we had a long distance relationship for about a year and I came and visited twice a year but the rest of the time we'd just be you know emailing or or on Skype back then mm-hmm. and it forced us when you're not physically present because it's, it's easier when you're physically present to just sit on the couch and watch a movie but when you're not physically in the same room all you've got is just talking right which is yeah. fantastic because like, we've kept that still that was 11 years ago we still we communicate every single day and, and quite well um so i think the travel thing the the adventure thing is now not so much me running away but me realizing that you know it's such a big open world out there and mm-hmm. and i'd love to I, i'd love my kids to have perspective Today, we are chatting with Brian Glass. He is uh, yet another, if you have been listening to this at all, yet another GoBundance guy. So, Brian, welcome. If you can, please uh, give us a little bit of an introduction about you and your family, and then a little bit about your business as well. So, like I'm a lawyer in the Northern Virginia area. I represent people who've been hurt in auto accidents against insurance companies. Uh, I'll be 40 in August, which is kind of weird to say. I've got three kids, all boys, a 10-year-old, 8-year-old five-year-old, been married uh, for almost 14 years to my wife, Krista, who came and joined me at the law firm about a year ago now. Um, My dad and I run our law firm together. It's called Ben Glass Law. I joined him four or five years ago after a decade of practicing on my own in the same geographic regions. And then just earlier this year, joined his other company called Great Legal Marketing. We teach lawyers in solo and small law firms how to run better practices run better businesses, Adam. Oh, that's awesome to be able to work with your wife on there. I mean, uh, how's that been going for the, the last year? Has that been something that's been raising contention? She and I and and me and my dad are really good at is staying in our own lanes in the law firm. Mm-hmm. So we run on EOS and I don't have any opinion on anything in the HR you know, quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just let her make all of those decisions. And and because of that, there's really no conflict about, well, I think we should do this policy and she thinks we should do, like, I, I don't really care. And she doesn't really care about any of the operations of the auto accident section. Yeah. So it's it's been good. And, and really the best part for us has been that it now frees us up because we're physically in the same place. Mm-hmm. all day and so like if we want to go have lunch and we don't you know we don't have to hire a babysitter to come in at night we don't have to travel to each other for lunch together and for us like we had a really hard time when all the kids were young and and you can't have any serious conversations until after they're in bed 7 7 30 yeah. and then you're you're mentally exhausted because you've gone yeah. to work and you've raised kids all day and so it's freed us up to have good intentional deliberate conversations at a point where we we both kind of had the mental stability and the framework to do it i think the reality is like we went through a couple of hard years of raising very young kids and not communicating very well and we've Mm -hmm. gotten much better in the last two years about pausing letting the moment and the anger subside and then like an hour or or the next morning an hour later or the next morning saying hey hey this is what I think happened like from my perception and here's what I didn't like about it. And here's what I'd like for you to do differently next time. So I have a coach and my coach is basically a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but we've we've individually gotten a whole lot better at processing what's going on with us and then communicating that to the other person um but we don't have a great uh, any great system that i can share with your listeners or any framework no no like that's that's sunday right. night conversation. so we we tried for a while to do you know sunday night after the kids go to bed have a conversation but we were just so mentally exhausted mm-hmm. that that if either one of us were kind of having a, a down day it, it it either didn't happen or it didn't happen very well um now that all the kids are school aged and we are finding more time to after they all get out the door to school or like i said at, at lunch at the office to have those deliberate conversations and and to not to not have to be the one that wins all the time right like fine whatever just go go do that and and to not care when the other one says fine whatever <laughs> like, yeah what what's important to you doesn't have to be important to me and vice versa Today, we have Dan Reed on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to uh, learning a little bit more about him. We spent um, a, a lot of time together for a, a short period of time in OTS. We were both prior enlisted folks and went into officer training and then did that for a while and became good friends there. And here we are years and years later uh, doing a podcast together. When I first came in the military back in 1999, uh, I came in enlisted as a TACP. I uh, did that for about 13 years. Just made it up to Master Sergeant. And um, throughout that time, um, my wife and I have four kids and uh, several dogs along the way. During that time, I finished my bachelor's degree, my associate's degree, and started my master's degree all before I went to OPS. As far as business goes, uh, I never actually started a business until we we moved to Ohio. And Mm -hmm. this was probably my sixth or seventh home that we had renovated. it's something that I really enjoyed. I loved to get into plumbing, electrical construction, etc. I built all the going away gifts for all of our military units. Carpentry is kind of one of my passions. And so that's what inevitably led to me starting Reed Custom Woodworks back uh, about three or four years ago. All right. Fantastic. There are things that I do much better than my wife. And most things that she does, is she does better than I do. Yeah. Uh, but that's what makes you a good team, right? Mm-hmm. There's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with me being different than my wife or my wife being different than me. And I would hope that we would be so that we can compliment each other. My wife is very eloquent when it comes to telling me where I'm screwing up after you're probably at two. And uh, more than once, she told me that uh, what I was doing wasn't the most intelligent thing uh, for the health and well-being of our family. And, uh, of course, those words were not easy. But <laughs> I got her point. And... Um, so I was going to try and scale back a bit. I was going to try to not work on the weekends. As I was escaping the military, if I'm always missing it, uh, my wife would be uh, pretty vocal about the fact that uh, my priorities are probably screwed up. Um, she's always been on the end where her family is number one priority no matter what. In fact, she works primarily uh, to assist the family in, in whatever it is that uh, she's seen uh, valuable you know, spending time together and traveling and going and seeing the world and, and those kind of things is what she primarily worked for. So it's easy for her to say, um, you're, you're, you're spending your time in the wrong area when, um, most of her funds are going to, you know, traveling or, mm-hmm. or, or, or funding certain things like house renovations or new appliances, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and most of my funds are going to paying the mortgage and the electrical bill and the food. Uh, so it's a different perspective when it comes to what am I working for. 
Um, I don't think she's ever worked, um, at least since uh, we've been married, uh, fully support our family. Um, she's always been the one that has been at home and, and supported our kids and you know, taught our kids and raised our kids for the most part when I'm not home. Um, she has been the, the rock that our family has needed um, when I'm when I'm not there. And so my perspective is always I've got to make enough money and to be able to support our family. And hers is always I've got to be home enough to support our family. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a completely different way of looking at life, right? And that comes back again to we're not equal. Um, we're completely different. Um, and we should be. But yeah, the, the mechanism there is um, when I am failing and um, it becomes a trend, um, she will call me out. And when she's failing and it's becoming a trend, I will call her out. And uh, our kids are the exact same way. So um, it, it's pretty evident when you're a close knit family when somebody is not going the way they should. You got to listen to your partner and you got to listen to the criticism that they're giving you because honestly, they're just trying to help. And they're usually communicating with you in the way that you present yourself to them that they think that you're going to take in, in the most effective way. What is the value of money if you end up losing your family in the end? And that's really kind of what it goes down to is how much time and effort, if I'm already comfortable, if I've already got enough money to support my family and live in a comfortable way, what is the point of working an additional 60 hours every week if I lose my family in the end, the whole thing that I'm trying to provide for in the, in, in the beginning? Yeah. And, and that is something that has been a, a huge slap in my face uh, in the past couple of years is, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all this for you. I'm doing all of this to make your life even better than it was before. And, but you never see me. And yeah. inevitably, you, we may not see each other anymore if I continue. I'm excited to, uh, to introduce a, uh, another good buddy of mine in GoBundance, another Adam. So he's got to be awesome because, I mean, with a name like that, you can't go wrong. Uh, but Adam Hill, he has got a great story. But to start, Adam, if you can introduce yourself a little bit, tell us about uh, your family, tell us about your businesses, and then we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm Adam Hill. I uh, live in Denver, uh, Colorado currently, originally from Southern California. I have my wife, Marie. I've been married to her for about 19 years with two wonderful kids. So the business-wise, my great-grandfather started a business in Southern California called Hill Brothers Chemical Company. We're in the fourth generation of of the business. We just celebrated our 100th birthday a few weeks ago. I also build a personal brand where I have a podcast, I speak, and I help people to essentially reframe fear and build a better relationship with it. So my wife and I, um, we have the most valuable... Uh, so. I say EOS has been valuable for our business, right? Mm-hmm. We actually we've implemented it an EOS family thing too. Where my just wife thinking and about I, doing something like that. Anyway, yeah, sorry, it's so great. Yeah, so um, so we've implement we implemented uh, a level ten meeting in our own household nice. where my wife and I meet, and um, this was so you know obviously the struggles my daughter's been through. She hasn't been involved in that. We haven't forced our son to be involved in it, but we may start to include them in a secondary meeting of that nature too. But in that meeting, it's been so valuable because we've been able to hold ourselves accountable to these kinds of things. We've been mm-hmm. able to set the tasks, set the goals and, and, you know, use the f- very same, I think, um, ways that I add value within Hill Brothers to add value in, in, in the home, which sounds very cold and callous when it comes out of my mouth, but it's actually 
you know, it works because yeah. it, it, it makes it so that, you know, those things get on the schedule and it just doesn't get squeezed by, by other stuff. Yeah. Um, when it's a, on a to-do list, when, it, when, when we're talking through this and we're saying, all right, you know, my, um, you know, my, my to-dos for this week are, you know, play, play volleyball three or four times with Sarah or, you know, do this with Zachary or what have you, then I can, um, you know, then I showing up the next week and say, oh, I didn't do that because of Hillbrother stuff. Wow, man, I look like a jerk. So there's yeah. an accountability piece there. Um, and, uh, and I think that would, I think that kind of thing helps to, to put that in place. But yeah, that's been, that's level 10 meeting has been invaluable for us. I am uh, super excited to have uh, my guest today. He has been uh, an inspiration for everything from my real estate journey to um, talking to him about fatherhood um, to, you know, being in his, being in his amazing mastermind. It's been a lot of fun to be around uh, Gino Barbaro and seeing his family at work. So uh, Gino, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your family, and uh, tell us a bit about your uh, business slash businesses. I am part of the Jake and Gino community. Jake and I started the education community a few years ago. Uh, I am a father of six children, uh, ages 23 to eight. My oldest daughter is a missionary right now. My son, 20 years old, he's at the camp with her right now just for the summer. Uh, 17-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. I've been married quarter of a century this year, 25 years. It's nice. been a Congrats. long time. It's been great. No, it's it's been an – I'm really fortunate that I married my wife. I mean, two, two things I'm really blessed with is being married to her and actually finding Jake as a partner. Those are two things that really uh, worked out well in life, and it's ironic that you know, we're always striving and achieving for money, but I think the relationships in life are so important. Obviously, the relationships with your children, but you know, the, the other kinds of relationships are so important. You were talking about uh, vacation with your wife. Oh, and that was one of those things where we just never did it. And I think it's a mistake. I think the relationship between the spouses is important. It's paramount. I mean, first God, yeah. then spouses, and then children. And don't use your children as, a, yeah. as an excuse not to do something. I can't leave New York because I'd be taking them from their friends. In mm -hmm. fact, in reality is I need to leave New York because I need to cut the boundaries and I need to start over with my wife. We'll be happy. The relationship will be okay. And then the kids will benefit from that long term. Yeah. I think we're afraid of short term pain for long term gain. I mean, the short term pain is real, but that does lead to long term gain. I think we have to focus on that as well. And the happy wife, happy life is probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I used to, I used to believe that 20 years ago, but you can't make your spouse happy. You have to make yourself happy. Yeah. And then for making yourself happy, it's not your job to make him or her happy. But if you're happy in your life and you're content, that will rub off and I'll bleed into the relationship and I'll make it happy. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you have to preclude that you really have to take care of yourself, enjoy yourself and love yourself. But me, I, I never felt a lack of love in my, in my, in my life. So I never felt disdain for myself either. So I never even thought of that yeah. putting myself above my wife. I, I'm just put that relationship right up below God and the kids blow it. But if, if, if that's the way that person feels more power to them, they have to take care of themselves. Yeah. Once they take care of themselves, they can come fully present. They can come fully engaged. Then they can go out and they can find somebody to love. I think that's, that works for them. I think I can honestly say that my wife probably saved my soul because early on I was more into the materialistic. I was more into making the money and less into, I wouldn't say family, but that wasn't my focus. I was focused on just supporting and providing for the family. And, you know, she kept telling me, God's going to provide. Don't worry about it. She had a different outlook on money that I did. And as the years 
you know, grew, I just made her understand my outlook on money and she started adopting, well, what's financial freedom? Well, financial freedom is doing what you want, when you want, you want your mom to come down, mm -hmm. I can fly her down. Oh, you want to have somebody come over and do a sabbatical for a month? Well, I can, I can get them an Airbnb. It's not going to, it's not going to kill me. So I think being open and, and trying to explain your side, I think for, for, for us men, we're always trying to solve and trying to fix that's not mm -hmm. the name of the game. The name of the game is to be able to listen. I think that's the problem. And once I went to life coaching school, that's when it really helped me out as far as relationships. Because all of a sudden, I became a better listener. I became more in tune with my feelings and understanding what was going on with me. But even early on, I, my wife trusted me with a lot of things. Trusted me with, with the work. Trusted me with our investments. Trusted me with when I decided to leave the restaurant. And I had massive trust for her. When she wanted to uh, have, have a baby at home, I'm like, you want to have a home birth? What, what is that? I don't even know. What, I don't, my, you know, And the pressure from the family to like, you're crazy. And that's my, been my whole life yeah. because I've homeschooled, home birth, real estate. You know, that's all foreign to most people. And the pressure, and the, we had a podcast with Brad Lee and he used the word alladoxophobia. Never heard of what that word was. You know, you know what that is? Because I was asking him, how do you build a brand? And alladoxophobia is the fear of other people's opinions. And if you go through life and you're always worried about what other people think, it's going to be challenging. But if you have a spouse that you believe in and that you trust, it'll make those decisions a lot easier. When we started homeschooling, no one was homeschooling. I was the weird guy. I had the restaurant. I had public school teachers coming in and asked me, well, where does your kid go to school? And I'm like, I homeschool. And they looked at me like I was nuts. And same thing. I had construction mm -hmm. people would come in. They're all, you know, where do your kids go to school? So they thought I was the weird guy. And that was really challenging, really tough. But I knew that my wife really believed in it. She did a great job. She excelled at it. So that's where I think part of the relationship comes in. You need to trust that person. But at the same time, my wife is giving me the trust that I'm going to invest our money, and then I'm going to go into real estate. So I worked really hard to get into multifamily. I was, I was in mentorship groups. I'd be working 45 to 50 hours a week at the restaurant, another 20 hours on multifamily. So you need to show that you're, you're, you know, you're living up to your end of the bargain by saying, I want to do mm -hmm. this. You have to put in the effort and put in the work. My wife, when she had the home births, super healthy. She was really in shape. She really knew what she had to do. She picked out some really great midwives. She, she owned it. So that's why I felt comfortable. Okay. It's your decision. You know, I go by the decision. I see all the work and all the effort you're putting to it. And I see how important it is to you. So how can I say no to that? I mean, that's not really fair. It's something yeah. that you really believe in that you really worked hard. And it's the same thing with her and the real estate. I'm not, you not let me buy this 25 unit with Jake. You've seen how much work and how much effort I've put into it. She trusted mm -hmm. me. And that first deal, you know, obviously led to a lot of other deals. I think trust and putting hard work and showing that you're really committed to what you're saying you're going to do is really important in the relationship. I'm excited to have uh, Rami on today. He's another uh, GoBundance guy. I'm excited to kind of get to know you on a different level. You've been my coach in the past, and now we uh, we get to talk on a much different level than, uh, hey, Adam, why are you still fat? Okay, cool. So um, live in Atlanta now, been here about 30 years. I grew up in uh, upstate New York. I uh, moved out when I was about 25. When I finished graduate school, I moved down to Florida um, and then moved to Georgia about 30 years ago and uh, got married in, in 2000. How many years have been married? It's 23. Um, and I have a boy, an older boy, who's about to turn 22. I have a daughter who's 18. So a boy and a girl, and she's just starting college um, next week. So business-wise, I've been in the fitness industry, as you know, for 31 years. Um, mm -hmm. Ironically, started, you know, 92 when I, when I moved to Florida. And um, 
I was in corporate America for all of 3.5 years. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, always have been, you know, had my little businesses when I was a kid in 94. So I've been in the fitness industry. Um, I was a trainer for about six years, got sick of working for other people, entrepreneurial, started my own business, uh, started my own gym in 1999, knew absolutely nothing. It's such a hard thing when you have kids, but you know, the rule is God and then your wife and then mm -hmm. your kids and then your career. This is like the third or fourth podcast in yeah. a row that, that that exact ranking is showing up. I you know. know. And, and what are we- Because that's you know, what I always say, right? When you have a three-year-old kid and they fall out of the boat, you're like, push your wife out yeah. of the way to get that three-year-old kid, right? Exactly. But that's not yeah. the way it works, you know? And, yeah. and without the marriage and really like we're in that place now where that's so important because the kids are not the glue anymore. A lot of my friends are getting divorced, right? The kids mm -hmm. are left the house and they don't even know each other anymore. And they're like, oh, I want a young girlfriend. I want that romance back that I had. And I'm like, dude, yeah. that's not a marriage, you know? Yeah. And by the way, it's going to be the same exact thing within six months. Yeah. It's like, yep. trust me, you know, like I've seen it happen. So, and that's why they end up with third and fourth marriages and all that. Stuff. Yeah. So praise God that we have stayed together. And, you know, she, she had a great, my wife had a really great mom, but her dad wasn't in the picture. Um, he was an alcoholic. He left him when she was young. And um, so she didn't have a dad figure. Right. So, mm -hmm. so we both were trying to, um, we call it breaking the chain in our church. Right. But yeah. We were trying to change the, the, the reality of what, because a yeah. lot of people don't, you know, we talked about that. Right? Yeah. A lot of people just oh, follow yeah. it. And um, so that's been, that's been a great journey, but I can't tell you how much, you know, I mean, it really, truly saved my life. Like having faith and, and a true faith. Yeah. We're paying our mortgage this month. Like, I could see that causing a lack of sleep. Oh, I know sure. that it yeah. really affected my wife, like way more than me. Like I, I just, mm -hmm. I always felt like we were going to be fine because I just, I've gotten out of so many things before. Right. I think, yeah. you know, being an athlete, do, doing that, running a business that, you know, I went through nine 11, we had a huge dip 2002. We mm -hmm. had a huge dip. Like I got all that. I never knew problem with 08 was it was so much longer than anything else yeah it's like lines yeah. of credit did not last you know i used to just yeah. get a fifty thousand dollar line of credit because i knew in six months interest rates would be back everything would be fine you know that mm -hmm. didn't happen to us for us it was almost five years like it was really protracted Jeez. um but i but but looking back on it like um I think it was, it's good for us now because my wife knows, hey, we got through that so we can get through anything. Today we have on uh, Jordan Berry. I haven't personally had the pleasure to meet Jordan in, in person yet, but I really look forward to kind of digging in deep uh, on this conversation. So Jordan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your family, and tell us about uh, your businesses. Yeah, awesome. Uh, match made in heaven. I, I got a job as a pastor and was a youth pastor and pastor for 14, 15 years. Ended up kind of getting out of that. And that's sort of where the, the entrepreneur journey uh, began through buying a laundromat. Got laundromats and run a platform called Laundromat Resource, uh, which is helping kind of educate and connect up the industry and people who want to join into the industry or buy into the industry or whatever. I've got some real estate also. Married, have two kids, uh, Noah, who's 12, and Evangeline, who is almost 10. She'll be 10 in a little over a month. So is your wife also a Christian? Yeah. Yeah. So how much, just to challenge you a little bit on that front, how much of this did you like put in the Lord's hands to be able to to go through how much did you guys you know pray about it together or yeah. uh, you know what did, what did your yeah yeah i mean yeah well, I, yeah desperation mode not just the businesses also but you know yeah. even actually just our relationship i mean it was you know 
for you know, like I said, like a year or something there, it was it was rough and, and patchy. And so yeah, I mean I think it's just like God, like what what can we do? Like what's yeah. show us the way or show us who can show us the way or you know, however however we need to solve this, like yeah, help us. Like we need Tell me. we need help. <laughs> yeah, just just let us know. You know, and I think, you know, it's funny because sometimes the answer is just just wait, you know. Grin and bear it. And yeah. that that was sort of what it turned turned out to be. And it's not it's not a wait like just sit around and twiddle your thumbs until things yeah. pass. It's a like wait, you've got to keep working at it. You know, yeah. you've got some things to learn, you've got some things to go through. So just keep at it and it's not gonna just go away for you right now. Yeah. And but yeah, I mean there was there was a whole lot of that for sure. But there's also, you know, it's interesting is like and, and anybody who either is going through something like that, uh, you know, with your business or even relationally, um, or or if you will, uh down the line, like I think there's a there was definitely like a shame that we felt mm-hmm. about, you know, especially with the laundromats and you know, the whole everybody succeeds with laundromats and we're over here struggling. And we got all the classic like you bought a laundromat, that's dumb, that's never gonna work. Why would you do that? Of course. You know, I heard X you know, XYZ about owning laundromats. My cousin's uncle's brother's sister um, (laughs) went bankrupt because of Yeah. 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 And you know, and we heard all that stuff and we did it anyway. So I'm super proud of us for doing that actually, despite how it turned out Mm -hmm. uh for for a while there. Um but that was like an extra layer of like the shame that we felt of number one, struggling in business, and number two you know, that causing us to struggle in our relationship. Right. And I would just say anybody who's gone through that or who is going through that, or if you end up going through that at some point, uh, like there's no shame in that, right? There is, that is just part of the experience. And in fact, like uh, we've already sort of talked about this, like you're going to go through that stuff and Mm -hmm. you need to go through that stuff. And, you know, it's how we handle that, that determines, you know, how that impacts our lives and who we are, right? I think a lot of businesses and a lot of marriages fail because, uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but I think one of the reasons is because we feel the shame and we feel like we can't share those failures, those feelings of failure. Uh, They're not failures, but those feelings of failure. Um, in those struggles that we're going through, we feel like we can't share them, uh, with anybody else because it's too shameful. And what ends up happening, I used to, I used to tell this to high school kids all the time. Like when you don't share that stuff and you don't let other people speak into that, what happens is you stay inside yourself. And when you mm-hmm. stay inside yourself, it, it becomes this downward spiral, right? Yeah. And that is where you fall apart, your business falls apart, your relationship falls apart. Um, you've got to find somebody that you can trust uh, that, you know, that can speak into that and can help you work through that stuff and can help you problem solve both tactically, like when it comes to business and relationship, but also just emotionally, because both of those things are, are super emotionally charged. And, you know, I've found that when emotions, super strong emotions get involved one way or another, you start making worse and worse decisions and 
it's, it's just this downward spiral. So like when those difficult times come, find somebody, it can be, you know, it can be like a counselor or it can be a consultant or it can be a friend or it can be a friend of a friend, it, just somebody that you can trust a third party that can speak into that business that can speak into that relationship mm-hmm. that can speak into your, uh, your life. And they don't necessarily have to have answers for you, but just by allowing somebody else sort of into that, it, it interrupts this like downward spiral that we can go. And when we live in our heads, things tend to go down when we get stuff out and we allow other people into it that's when healing happens that's when growth happens uh and that's where you can sort of break that downward spiral and start to approach problems and issues uh a a little more effectively i found i think early on the emotions were just high right and so Mm -hmm. conversations just spiraled quickly uh it would be you know uh, either one of us getting fired up or one of us shutting down. Those are the, those were sort of the options until sort of both of us just shut down at, at one point and we just were not communicating very well. And, and I think one of the strengths of our relationship is that we're actually really good communicators, especially during difficult times. I think a lot of that has to do with us going through the difficult times and having to yeah. figure out how to communicate uh, during those difficult times. Um, Thankfully, I've got a lot of, uh, you know, I've got a lot of flaws and I'm a bonehead in a lot of ways, but I'm not like a, an explosively angry person and mm-hmm. neither is my wife, generally speaking. So, uh, so we didn't have that to, to work through and to deal with. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, again, like emotions were high. There's a lot of stress in the situation, right? And so, um, I mean, I think one of the things, you know, obviously one of the things that we learned is, you know, find somebody trusted you know i wouldn't say we had a super great counselor i mean he was great uh he was a good person and all that i don't think it was uh super effective but what it did do was just open some lines of communication uh with us a little bit and forced us to to interact and when you're talking in front of people you know look just face it like you're, you're you don't you want to put on the best front possible. Right. And so emotions stay a little bit lower, not always the case, but, um, they did for us. And, and so we were able to just open those lines of community, get the foot in the door, right? Like just crack it a little bit. Um, and then we, what turned out, like we ended up because of, it was like, I'm dealing with all this stuff. And she's like, I can't handle any of this. Don't talk to me about any of it. If you can at all Mm -hmm. avoid it, you know, a couple of things that I think help that is number one, just developing empathy, you know, and I think empathy gets this like bad rap, but I actually think it's a superpower to be honest. And Mm -hmm. if you can be an empathetic person, uh, I mean, I think a lot of times it gets associated with like a feminine trait. Um, but actually I think it's like a, I, like I said, I think it's a superpower. I think it's a huge strength. Uh, because if you can empathize with somebody and sort of understand how they're feeling and make them feel like you understand them to an extent, uh, that really opens a lot of doors uh, for communication and to strengthen the relationship, right? So, you know, part of it was just developing this empathy for my wife and like the feelings that she had about 
you know, the situation that we were going through and the stress she was feeling and her developing empathy for me and like realizing the th- some of the things that I was going to this day, she doesn't know all of the stories yeah. uh, because she just doesn't want to hear them. But realizing like, okay, like you're going through a lot, uh, both on the financial side with the businesses, but also just with some of the stuff that happens uh, in that laundromat for whatever reason, um, developing that empathy, but then also empathizing with the fact that, you know, for, on my side, like, she needs to be shielded from this stuff. Like she cannot deal with it and just not capable right now to deal with it. So I need to stop, you know, communicating that and empathize with her on that, but also, you know, find ways to hear the things that she is thinking about and going through. And for a while I couldn't, like I, she would express frustrations about, the finances or whatever. And I would just be like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I don't have any more money. Yeah. There's, you know, and like, that was like, that's like a conversation killer, right? That's a, yeah. right. And so empathizing with like, I've got to find ways to allow her to express herself and her feelings. Um, and, uh, and then her sort of empathizing with me, like, I'm just, I need to process stuff verbally. And for me, I'm trying to shield her from that. But her, when I do, when it does come out, like her, you know, developing this empathy for me and just like, okay, he just needs to get this out and, you know, and try it for her. I think what she was doing was trying to put up a partition between her feelings and the things yeah. that I was saying when it did leak out of me. And so anyways, I think empathy is like the superpower. I'm a huge fan of that. I think that we should be proactively developing empathy. And I think that if, and when we do that, it will benefit all areas of our lives uh, relationally. So I think that's a big, big key there. So Hendro Tambunen, um, I am super excited to chat with him. He is a uh, a fellow real estate investor and a Christian. Um, So I think we're going to have a lot to be able to talk about. Um, So that said, Hendra, if you can, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, Tell us about uh, who you are, who your family is, um, a little bit about your business, and then uh, we'll go from there. My name is Hendra Tambunen. I'm originally from Indonesia. I came to the United States as a foreign student when I was finished, after finishing high school and you know, went to San Francisco State, uh, live in the Bay Area, and then pretty much been living there since then. Um, I'm married, you know, with, and then with my wife uh, for almost 25 years now. And with one wife and one kid, you know, is a 15-year-old, going to be turning into 16. He's a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Nice. And I do uh, real estate investing. So where you said, I, even though I still have a W-2 job, uh, that's eventually that's the... Side hustle, like everybody's doing in their roles and investing, that I'm really passionate about. And I think more than it, real estate in investing itself, I consider myself as like, you know, yeah, have an entrepreneurial itch that just want to continue just like finding things. So you, you mentioned a couple of times like the, the boundaries and the, the conversation side. Um, uh, when did you kind of start to realize, hey, I need to have more conversations and talk about these boundaries? When did that start to happen for you? Attribute to my life because many times, like you know, when I'm having like a, a pretty heated conversation with my son, maybe mm-hmm. she just basically just being an observer, and then nothing is done. I mean, she's the one that usually tell me like you know, providing a feedback 
And that's part of the involvement too. It's like, you know, yeah. there's some feedback to her and she's also providing feedback to me sure. to help each other to grow as a parent and, and as a husband and wife, like how we need to grow eventually balancing each other up. Um, so the whole family as a unit can grow together, mm-hmm. you know, and in some cases, she's also the one that providing a, a feedback to my son when the time is right, like, Hey, this is what you're trying to say, or me, you know, um, sharing it to my sons, like, Hey, this is what your mom meant to be, you know, uh, she didn't mean any harm. Um, so I think becoming like, a, a, there's also going to be another rear view mirror. It's just not going to be like one way. Yeah. Cause I, I grew up in a, in a culture that it could be one way, especially in the Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be like parent ways the right way, but you know, I, I need to learn like, you know, we need to evolve and grow also. You know, mm-hmm. our parenting style and parenting approach. I'm, I'm learning, you know, the last few years, like a feedback is a gift, something mm-hmm. that I have to reflect on it and then, and, and grow from it. So, you know, it, it could be tough to take it because you feel like, Hey, this is the way I was brought up. This is the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, I need to see it, uh, um, the, the, the positive thing out of this and seeing for the long range, this is what, you know, what is the intention, right? The intention mm-hmm. is not going to be harming me just for like making the family get together even closer. Yeah. And with that kind of mindset, then by default, it just evolves and then becoming more recurring. I think creating a rule of engagement is also pretty crucial, right? In your, so for us, like, you know, so I mean, even during our, you know, when the beginning of our, when we got married and toward the end of the, our, uh, dating relationship though we started creating a role of engagement like number one i mean we we, we settle up you know we have a, a disagreement or conflict we finish it up and that's it this is the end of the chapter we're not going to even open it up this is the ghost book pretty much right? i mean mm-hmm. we, we, we've seen that so many couples that basically you know when they open up a disagreement argument they just opening up all the past history, like the things that happened yeah. like many years ago or even last week, thing like that. I think we became, you know, we've seen enough that we figured out like, you know, the rule of engagement, like, Hey, when we have an argument, once we settle, this is the end of it. We're not going to bring it up again. I think that's, that's pretty crucial for us because like, otherwise we're going to bring it up to all like, Hey, your mom did this, your parent did this, <laughs> your, you know, my, my parent did this and so forth. Like, Hey, no, this is just us, right? We settle it yeah. down once we're all done, move on. I'm excited to have Lyle Head on the call. Um, we have a mutual friends in Stu Grazier who introduced us. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, chat with Lyle and learning a little bit more about him and his family, um, as well as his business. So I, I can't wait for it. But uh, Lyle, if you can, go ahead and introduce yourself and your family and uh, tell us a little bit about your business. So um, 46 years old, um, 17 years ago, I made a trip to Costa Rica and decided to never leave. Um, since then, <laughs> I, I married a, a girl from Colombia. That I met here. I've had, I had an 11-year-old daughter, uh, built a few businesses, real estate, vacation rentals. Uh, now I'm in the coaching and consulting and also doing some real estate development. Uh, and the most recent exciting dad thing that I've done is um, almost a year ago, uh, we semi-adopted a young girl from an island here. Um, her mom wanted to give her an opportunity to play more soccer and get more experience. So she asked if she could come live with us this year and 
it's been been amazing. Um, the the watching this young girl coming from a small island, being exposed to you know the mainland and going to a big school and playing in national soccer tournaments and being able to experience that, get my daughter to be able to experience that that humbleness and bringing that into our house has been mm-hmm. a pretty darn cool experience. My wife and I, about I think it's three years. This will be year four. We started doing we do we take the weekend and we do this workbook. Um, this couples retreat where we talk about all of our goals and our values and and plan out our year and then we do a quarterly and a mid-year reevaluation of it it's through um the one thing have you heard gary keller's the one thing yep for sure yeah so through there we were doing that doing that couples retreat man it's been a game changer for us like i keep it i keep it at home i mean i even had to call my wife out last week because we're working on this girl soccer organization i'm really fully into it and she kind of fell off the last like month and month and a half because she wasn't happy with mm-hmm. the coach and she gets into these she doesn't like someone it's like oh, shuts off and i had to remind her like baby we sat here and greet we're going here legacy this stuff way over here this is just a human in the yeah. middle of it we cannot allow a human in the middle mm-hmm. of this any stop what me and you have decided that we're going here that's bigger than no one else can even see no one else has any idea yeah. what our long-term, what legacy, what we're trying to leave here and why we're trying to make this impact on these girls and what we're doing. Right. And I need you to be there because if you're not with me, then I'm by myself and now I'm alone. Yeah. And now, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a trigger for me when I feel lonely, like I start getting upset and I don't want to feel lonely in my house. I am uh, truly excited about our guest today, John Ballinger. Um, I think he is going to provide some massive insight and excitement. John, if you can, please introduce yourself. Tell us about your family and then uh, a little bit about your business. So, um, Adam, I'm a 20-year retired Marine, uh, helicopter pilot by trade. Just retired in October and uh, relocated with my family um, to Colorado Springs, Colorado. And... Got a wonderful wife of 15 years, and our story is is truly phenomenal. How God inter interwove our our interactions to end up as a married couple. But we have two boys, 11 and seven. Uh, my oldest is Lincoln, youngest is Hudson. We had a, a daughter in between, um, but she is uh, she she passed away right after birth, well three months after birth. So we're we're a happy family of four and. And loving this next chapter, you know, trying new things, trying to expand my horizons. I purposely avoided going back into aviation and purposely avoided going into military contracting because Mm -hmm. those seem like somewhat safe uh, bets that I wanted to try to to grow from. So two or three things that I'm actually doing. One, I started with two other partners, a a real estate development company that's based out of Oklahoma. And we're focused on just taking properties and, and really <clears throat> adding value to those and, and expanding the capacity and the capabilities of those properties. And um, also doing some coaching, some executive coaching, uh, one-on-one coaching for individuals who are just seem to be stuck in a place that they, they need a little assistance getting out of a little bit of accountability. So I do that um, for individuals and for, I come in and speak to corporations um, just on anything and everything that that they may need help with. So really excited to put my hand to different things, but 
it is also trying at times as well. So that's what I'm currently doing. Let me ask about your wife going through that, right? And, and yeah, you, how yeah. how were you best able to support your wife through that? <laughs> Especially like now she's she's not only obviously heartbroken about about losing her daughter, um, but now obviously probably angry at God and and yeah. and what like for even allowing that type of thing to happen because it's it's one thing for us to have conversations um, that, <laughs> that we just throw out in the ether as far as like you know how does how does God let tragedy happen? Uh, but yeah. it's another thing to look at and say, okay, yeah, but that tragedy is now right here like it's not yeah it's sure. not this this tragedy out there but so, so can you how, how did you best support your wife through that or or maybe how did you fail to support your wife through that that you would love to that, that, to do over if you could it was a time of a lot of learning um mm -hmm. one learning about communication learning about the grieving process learning about support you know when um there's an 83% chance families will separate when there's a death of a child. And we, somebody, one of the doctors told us that before we even left the hospital, before our daughter was even. Um, yeah. So that tells me two things. One, there's a really small chance you can stay together, but there's a chance, mm -hmm. right? The odds are, are against you. But man, if you are one of those people that say, you know what? I like those odds because somebody's making it. Let's figure mm -hmm. out what they're doing. So I had to learn a couple things. Um, one was communication. You know, we obviously, men and women, communicate vastly different. And we had to quickly figure out, I had to quickly figure out that sometimes not saying anything, <clears throat> not having the answer, not being able to fix the problem mm -hmm. as most guys want to do is okay in this scenario some of the best remembrance remembrances i have of us grieving together is me just arm around my wife weeping together because there's no words that you can say and and for guys it's kind of weird that we think well i gotta say something i want to i want to provide something you know very philosophical that can fix this problem but it can't so sometimes just sitting in silence does the trick mm -hmm. um, Another thing that we had to really work through is the grieving process. And, and I like, you know, I, I tell people, my wife and I both got to experience our daughter for 86 days on earth. But for my wife, she had her in her belly for nine months. Mm -hmm. That is a much longer relationship, a much harder thing to grieve. And, and we even, my wife and I talk about losing, you know, a child that's 22 years old or, or, you know, 30 years old. It's the longer you spend with them, obviously the more attached you become. But my wife was very, very grieved where I had 86 days. Those all 86 days were spent in the hospital, um, in a very isolated environment and, and very sterile. But the way I would grieve is I would take my surfboard or my stand up paddleboard out far out in the, in the water. And out there I would get angry. I would shed tears i would beat the water and yell at god and try to figure out why this happened and i would come home and i would be okay my wife would be home with our our two-year-old son grieving i obviously would i would be over it for the day and she would be in the thick of it mm -hmm. so she couldn't see me grieving and so for a while it was a very hard thing to communicate because she never saw me grieve so she thought i was okay with it or i was over it and i had moved on 
where in reality we were just grieving two different ways. And so when it was a, it was a struggle to communicate that until I realized she just wanted to hear that I was having a tough day or I thought about Brooklyn or something reminded me of her or I saw a girl, you know, a, a five-year-old girl that, man, that could have been our daughter, um, you know, whatever. But the key was telling my wife, hey, this is what I'm dealing with today. Instead of just thinking, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to keep it, you know, submerged and, and not, I'll wait till it gets over. Um, and so that was a big lesson for me. And then the third thing was just being patient, being patient, knowing that every Christmas, every Christmas day, we celebrate birth of Jesus and the birth of our daughter. And, and those are two joyous occasions, but one, you know, obviously our, the birth of our daughter and then losing her later is, is very bittersweet, but she may grieve our daughter until I'm dead. Yeah. You know, that may be a reality and, and that's okay with me now. I just, I always thought it was something that you eventually just get over. In reality, you never truly lose that memory. You never truly lose that experience, no matter how old your, your child or, or that person you lose may be. So just, you know, it was, it was a lot of me not trying to fix the communication, the grieving, or the timing of, of it. And in that, we've learned a lot about each other and the way we both, we both work. And I think that's made our marriage so much stronger than it was eight years ago. I was blessed to have a lot of things work into my marriage and uh, probably too long to get into right now. But I realized the, that God's hand was on my life and the life of my future spouse. And I know that because when, when I was in third grade, my wife came to the same school that I was in in Oklahoma through uh, her mother getting divorced and moving out of state away from the situation. But her mother didn't have the financial ability to keep her in school for, it was a private uh, Christian school, didn't have the finances to, to keep her into school. Well, that year, the school board was running a pilot program to sponsor a family to allow them to um, go to school for free. The board was tied and torn between they had two spots, giving those two spots to two different families with two different kids or one family with two kids. Well, mm -hmm. my wife has a sister, and they were both about to get yanked out of school because of tuition. The senior board member was the tie-breaking vote determined if my now wife got that scholarship or got that sponsorship and the senior member voted i think it should be this family with two girls two small girls wow. 16 years later i introduced my spouse my my fiance to my dad and my dad was weeping and he told us this whole story and he said when you were in third when i was in third grade and my wife was going to school there that he was the senior member of the board that picked that, that family should get the scholarship wow so you you take something like that a story like that and you say holy cow god is in that i can never mm -hmm. let that thing go yeah. there's so much value there i mean it, but that story aside my brother asked me one time hey i how did you find your wife like she's amazing i want to find a girl just like you and i asked mm -hmm. him where are you looking mm -hmm. 
at the time he was, you know, newly out of college. He was living in LA and he was in the party scene. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm always at the clubs and I'm all, you know, bars and I'm always finding girls and bringing them back home. And I was like, if you want a girl like the wife that I have, you're not going to find her there. Yeah. So first of all, it's, it's important to figure out where you're going to, where you're going to look, right? Where is that pool of people that you're going to choose from? If it's at a, if it's at a church, like it was for me, don't look in the club. Yeah. If it's at the club, don't look in the church. Mm -hmm. Right. It, second, iron sharpens iron. People grow stronger and better together when, when there's that ability to, to grind things out and, but also be very similar. Yeah. If, if you are, for me, I dated a girl that was Catholic and I was Christian and my faith is very important to me, but I told my mom, Oh, I think, you know, I think we'll work it out. She's like, ah, it's close I don't enough. Think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's close. It's close. It's yeah. close enough. Um, my, my mom was spot on. It, it wouldn't yeah. have worked out yeah. and go after what you want. And, and somebody once told me, write down all the things yes. that you want in a spouse and trust God that he'll provide. And, and there's big debates over there. Is there one person or is there a mm -hmm. collection of people? Like, I don't want to get into that argument, but I'm going to say that I wrote down those things on my list and, and every one of them were met. Every one of them. And it wasn't a super long, you know, 72 item list. It was, you know, 10 or 12 items, but hundred percent. And, and so that opportunity came when I got so frustrated with what I was trying to find and who I was trying to mm. figure out was the right one. And I said, I'm done. I'd gotten cheated on. I was in flight school. I said, I'm done. God, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You're going to provide somebody. Yeah. And two weeks later, I met my now wife of 15 years um so a lot of rambling in there in there uh, but i want to i think the biggest one is where are you looking and what do you want because if you start to give up on those things that you truly want that you think will truly make you happy then that's changing the course of potentially your future Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.